When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. This is episode 31. I'm Kobe. And I'm Helen. In this edition of Flix Watcher Pod, we are joined by Jenny and Eleanor from Story Etc. And we're going to be reviewing the awesome Sing Street. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Remember, please visit us online at flixwatcher.tv. Come to our Twitter account, which is Flix, at FlixWatcherPod. And please go to iTunes, subscribe and review. And as we always say, guys, all the films were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There was going to be bad language. There's going to be spoilers. And we hope you enjoy it. Do you want a professional sounding podcast as professional as FlixWatcherPod? If you do, we recommend that you check out GL Productions. They're responsible for uh, editing and production. They're also going to give you a welcome package, 10% discount. If you're interested, email podcast at glpro.co.uk. Send them the message that FlixWatcherPod sent you and they'll give you 10% off your first package. Hello and welcome to this edition of Flix Watcher Pod. Today we are joined by Jenny and Eleanor from Story Etc. Would you like to say hello, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your podcast? Hello, I'm Eleanor. I'm Jenny. And we are from Story Etc, which is a monthly anthology podcast about fiction and storytelling and everything around that. And what do you mean by fiction and storytelling? Let's go a bit slightly deeper into that. We pick a theme every month and explore that theme within fiction. Yeah. So past themes we've had have been things like myth and secrets. So we look at them as themes for plots, but also taking things into sort of like the back office bit of fiction and sort of talking to storytellers mm-hmm. and producers and composers about how they work with f- fiction sure. around that kind of central topic, really. Cool. Nice. And yeah. we'll obviously link to all you guys in the show notes and stuff. So whoever is listening, find story, etc. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so we're talking today about Sing Street. Who chose it? That was me. <laughs> so Sing Street is a coming of age story really about a kid in the 80s in yeah. Dublin who forms a band because he wants to impress girl. a model, a yeah. girl. Yeah. Not as, just a model, just a girl. As, <laughs> yeah. as all boys in bands. Do. Exactly. And it's it, there's a lot of music in it, so it's quite a musical film mm. without being a traditional musical. But it's all that sort of kind of nostalgic schoolboy type stuff. But there's also against a backdrop of economic worries, family stuff going on, lots of quite interesting topics yeah. and themes as well that make it a little bit deeper, I think. And I picked it. I've, oh, I've watched it far too many times now. It's getting quite embarrassing. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's a it's a it's a returner for me. It's one of my sort of go to. Oh, fantastic! Well, I'm already alluding to where some of the scores are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm biased or anything, but <laughs> I picked it because it's. I find it to be quite a kind film. It's nice to watch something which is optimistic, even if it, that is hopeless and without rationale. Yeah. To watch something just really daftly optimistic, and to go back to 
yeah, hopelessly optimistic days of being at school and thinking, yes, I can take on the world and I will do it rather than thinking, oh, but actually I can't. I've got a meeting at three and, and bills to pay. <laughs> got to get to this podcast recording. Got to go, <laughs> I just want to get on a boat and sail somewhere and not come back. Yeah, that's why I chose it. What were your thoughts on that? I loved it. I actually, I don't even know if I'd heard of it actually. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, and and I had no idea of what it was about. I mean, it had sing in the title, so I kind of assumed there might be some singing. But yeah, I thought it was a really beautiful film and really kind of, what Jenny said really, kind of optimistic and hopeful, but also that didn't shy away from the fact that a lot of that, a lot of optimism and hope is sort of hard won like it's it comes out of things that aren't easy you know people you know deciding to channel their talents and their hardships into something mm. yeah facing off against a struggle almost is also the, the opposite side of the coin yeah exactly yeah what's the struggle that they're facing up against so kind of specifically main character his mum and dad are not a good couple <laughs> and should probably never have got married. Yeah. Uh, so they're going through a breakup and a divorce. He, They have financial problems. He's being pulled out of school and being put in a different school. A horrible school. A horrible school mm. with bullying and insinuation of child abuse that could potentially be happening. Mm. Or some real physical abuse. And there? some, yeah. you know, casual beatings. Yeah. So he's not having a, a great time of it. And that, outside of that, you still say it's, it's casually yeah. optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. And any film that can be optimistic <laughs> with child abuse and beatings, you kind of think, oh, that's well quite an achievement. Sir. Yeah, It's got something to it. Exactly. Helen, you've seen this before, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I missed it when it came out of the cinema. It was, it, was, it was in there for a very short period it, of time. It was a limited yeah. release, wasn't yeah. it? And then it was, it, was, it was featured on the quiz that we do and... Um, I was like, oh, what's this film? And oh, what did they say in the quiz about it? It was on the it was the observation round. Oh, I, I was one that wasn't oh, yeah, there. Might not been there. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, this film looks interesting. And I think as Will said, it was it was really good. And I think then that was I like watched it. And hold on, Will, I should explain to you guys. <laughs> he's been on our podcast, and notoriously within our friends, he's the most down on any films oh, okay. ever. He's a really good film. He's a really strong film. Loves his films, he, but he, he has his genres that he enjoys. Yeah, which, and musicals are one of them. Does he enjoy musicals? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't Sounds know like that. a stand-up Because it, Will, Will doesn't like animation. At okay. all. This is it. So it doesn't matter if it's Disney animation. doesn't matter if it's like Rick and Morty, Simpsons. He just blanket does not like animation. Wow. He's never seen Up. Yeah. Really? He's never seen Up, never seen Inside Out, never seen... So this is this is Will. But he liked this film. So it's... A... Yeah. Great. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, we've obviously already mentioned all the things that are awesome, but... You know the songs are brilliant, and the the band's outfits are brilliant. I think any anyone who has any kind of small feeling for kind of the eighties, yeah, and pop music and great films, that's it really. I don't think we need to say anymore. Are we? Don't yeah, watch, watch it now. Are don't we, wait for the scores. Are we all talking about the eighties here? The, uh, yes, just yeah, just about. Yeah. So I mean, I was when there's a lot of the kind of interesting part of the story for me is between Connor and his brother. Yeah. And that kind of edu him educating his brothers to what good music is about. And you see then Connor directly referencing that to his friends. And that's how they kind of get the band together. It's like, yeah, Duran Duran, John Taylor's one of the best bassists ever, blah, blah, I blah. I that remember. part. Yeah. I swear I've done basically exactly that because yeah. I've got quite older brother and sister and I've just sort of yep, just borrow their opinions and just sort of give them to my school <laughs> friends sometimes. <laughs> 
this reminded me, I've got to say, I love the whole idea of the, of the film and I love what happens in the film. But for me, the songs didn't really hit me. And that for me is, is I, you know, I class this as musical and I love musicals generally, but the songs just didn't really hit me. And I, the two kind of things I compare this to in this kind of genre is like the commitments mm-hmm. where, you know, the obviously the commitments were a cover, covers band. So they, those songs were really pumping and really got, got me yeah. kind of going. But also, I don't know if anyone remembers Pugwall and Pugwall Summer, the kids TV program from, yeah. 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 And that, that really, I used to really love that as well. So that's a similar kind of setup with kids with a band writing cheesy songs mm-hmm. for, for themselves mm-hmm. and their friends. And, but the song, I don't know, the songs just didn't really get me, but I loved everything else. I loved- Even the story bit. of the model. <laughs> Riddle of the model. Riddle of the, Riddle of the model. model. I don't I think maybe it's just the way it was mixed in the, in the, in the song, because you could clearly tell they weren't singing it live and there's things like that that kind of, just kind of set me off mm-hmm. apart from it. What do you guys think about that? Because I think everyone loves the film, the story, the songs apart from me, I think. I think, I actually think I do know what you mean. I haven't thought of it quite that way, but I think possibly because I came into it not expecting a musical, mm. really. And there are sort of, one of the things I loved about the film generally was it's such a good kind of, like, a sort of non-traditional period drama. Like, it's so 80s. Yeah. And it, I thought they <laughs> captured the sound of sort of, like, the early years of what might end up being, like, a really, really great band. Mm. And so the fact that I didn't come away maybe singing or they weren't like musical numbers, it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I quite liked it because it looked sort of all pieced together and sounded a bit like that too. But I do know what you mean, I think. So yeah, agree, but took it maybe a bit differently. Sure. You think sort of maybe a little bit overproduced? Not overproduced, just that the songs didn't hit me. And I loved when they played Rio. Yeah. I love the 80s, I love mm. 80s music. I love them filming the videos. I loved all that kind of stuff. But it's just the actual song itself mm. and playing them live that just didn't really get me in there. And seeing mm. also, is it Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll? The um, the, the film. The film. Ian Jury one. Yeah, Ian Jury film as well. And, that, you know, I was really into that when it was when mm. you know, playing them live and things like that. But I just felt there's a bit of a separation. Mm. But I know lots of people love the Driver Like You Stole It and, yeah, Riddle of the Model. And I, I can really see how they would work quite well. But for me, there's just a disconnect. I think that's just, I think... And, that just sounds like it's me. So that's a great thing. So ignore me, guys, and listen to these guys. <laughs> I really liked that the song, in one way, really liked that the songs sounded so pop song. It was a straight in and they were sort of good pop songs. Mm. What the disconnect for me came was but they, they stopped sounding like 80s songs. Right. So you're kind of watching it thinking, this isn't, you wouldn't, you, this could have been really, you know, like Drive It Like You Stole It is a great pop song, but it's not a, specific, you're not a very 80s song. So it almost, I feel like that's not of its time. It's so they just kind of put that in because they like the song rather than it was actually sounded like it was of the same time as the film. So what was the 80s about it for? Because you had, you had the synth, you had the... Yeah, but you get synth <laughs> every day of the week. <laughs> See, I, I'm pretty, I thought the songs were great and I like how he blatantly just steals the sound from yeah. all of his yeah. influences. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think the last song is just kind of what happens to bands that they end up kind of uh, progressing a little bit and then they maybe do become a little you know overproduction and maybe their sound doesn't sound original so I didn't find any of that to be 
interesting affecting in any way it was more kind of the evolution of the band that they'd got to this point where this was like their big number this mm. is gonna be like their big hit like their stadium filler they're gonna make it with this song <laughs> and that's what the end song kind of is in in kind of like a rock biography yeah mm. arc uh, that's what kind of what happens in, in rock films as well i love that end song because it referenced a lot of stuff that happened in in the story of the film like mm. being told off for wearing brown shoes and being, was he was he told off for wearing makeup and, and stuff like that in the yeah. song yeah. as well so I really like, I did like that aspect of things. So what, what one thing I really loved in this film was when they turned up the next day and he'd have highlights in his hair and a makeup on because he'd seen a hard the night before and then the day after yep. they'd be wearing different clothes. And I, I really, I really love that side of things. And I, I don't know, I just love the 80s. I mean, also with, with the songs, you've got to remember that these are what, 16 year old kids. Yeah. So mm. their songs aren't going to be, you know, that strong mm. and i kind of like that bit about it that the song some of the singing is a little bit weak and some of the bits sound a bit odd but i like it it's part of its charm, the charm of it. and i also think that particularly with the last number it's how he imagines the songs in his head a little bit so what yeah. they actually are and how they imagine they sound is a little bit blurred between different points in the film sure that would probably tie in quite well with the other daydreamy sections so i actually read an interview with the director today in prep coming here and he said that the ending of the film was meant to be more of a an outright blur between reality and daydream as well so i didn't think that at all i just thought oh they're on a boat cool oh so you thought that actually happened yeah yeah that's quite interesting because yeah. i think the first time i saw it, i just thought that's clearly they're on a boat and that's idiotic but the second time, I th- <laughs> that looks yeah. dangerous. Yeah, that looks because da- they're just kind of sight, they're, 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 they're rolling on this little two-stroke boat. I don't know what they're called, but then a massive kind of cruise liner, which they nearly bump into. Yeah, nearly yeah. bump into, just comes out of nowhere. Didn't spot it. <laughs> but, but why but, shouldn't you believe in that? They're that's what they're doing. There's nothing to say that you know. Twenty minutes later, the coast guard doesn't come and oh, exactly. drag them back. Or true. Yeah. yeah, but you've got to you got to believe in Suspend, their, suspended believe disbelief. that they made it to London <laughs> with no money or no contact. with her portfolio and yeah. his his tapes. Yeah. yeah, and no sterling. A song in his heart <laughs> and no sterling. And actually, I read something else saying that the song that's playing, which I think is like the guy from Maroon Five. What's he called? Adam Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. Levine yeah. is singing the song that his brother. The stream of consciousness lyrics that his brother wrote down and said, hey, put some music to this sometime. Okay. And it's the song that's playing. So it's meant to be, well, one interpretation could be that, yes, they absolutely made it to London and he got himself in a wicked band and actually made some music or they died underneath a ferry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) So what do you guys make of the, uh, we've talked about Connor a bit, what about the other characters and I guess his family? Oh, they've got, got a hand to heart there. They have a hand to heart you've got for it, you've the got friend it. whose name I've now just forgotten, but the one with the glasses and the, the bunnies. Yeah. Oh, I just I can't remember his name now either. The one so with lovely. the glasses? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the, 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 the singer-songwriter. I mean, yeah. 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 The, the one. I did worry, actually. One, one of my worries about the end wasn't whether it's true or if they died. It was, I'm not, I'm not sure how successful he's going to be without the Him. others, specifically the yeah. glasses. Bunny man. <laughs> I just thought he was great. I loved his sort of... He just... He seemed to encapsulate the whole taking on the chin that all the other characters were trying to do, like getting through this just difficult, horrible school and difficult economic circumstance. And I just, I thought he was a delight and I liked all the rabbits on his bed. Mm-hmm. I think with, with the, the rest of the band, because when you're watching it, you're like, oh yeah, we all had a kid like that in, in the class or a friend like that. And you kind of, you can really empathise with them and go, totally believe all of 
these characters got together in such a random way and became this crazy little band. Mm. Massively. I do have a soft spot in my heart for the little ginger kid. Yeah. <laughs> With his business cards. Yeah. yeah. Don't, I haven't got a phone, just, just call around. <laughs> like, absolutely, that would definitely happen. There would be a little, a little sort of pioneering kid who's yeah. just enterprising sort of like enterprising yeah. film it absolutely get it all yeah. together producer Matt Phil, like band manager he's on it he has the idea to go up to the bully kid and like just sort yeah. out that problem he yeah. is a problem solver yeah he is he's got a, he's like if they did a reunion I reckon he would have been most successful most successful yeah, yeah. agreed and what about his brother then I love his brother I think he, his brother might be the reason I watch this film so much right. I think I've got like quite a heavy crush on his brother oh it's a crust thing is it <laughs> <laughs> I like their relationship. I like yeah. the kind of. So, how old do you think they're they are apart? Because that's kind of a, a a large age gap for. Well, he's just isn't he just dropped out of college? He Is says it... he was already playing, sort of playing music and doing things before the others came along. So yeah, maybe like I don't know, eight years, six years, maybe. I think maybe six ish. Yeah, I don't think the gap's that big. Because then there's a the sister in the middle as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's true. But the sister was a bit of a nothing character. She was. Wasn't she? Yeah. But the, I love the, the the interaction they had with the brother. The first the first thing, of course, being where they played a recording. He played a recording of a song to the brother and the brother just kind of opened the door. <laughs> so that's, that's stinking. He's going to let this thing You know you can record over tapes yeah, now. Exactly. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not risking it. So it's kind of the voice of reason and the voice of optimism in a way, even though he's kind of seeing what's going on with his parents in a different kind of light to mm-hmm. what Connor's going through yeah I think what what I loved about that character was he was the one who sort of unlocked things because he took this quite you know it's never going to happen dreamy career mm. being a musician and took it seriously and I think when sort of generally when people want to be creative and that kind of thing especially if they're coming from you know less privileged backgrounds and stuff like that when it, it's difficult you need to kind of get into the mindset that you're going to take this, making this thing seriously and it's worth your while doing, you're not wasting your time and yeah. that kind of thing. And I love that the brother kind of gave him that, that he had these like really analytical viewings of Top of the Pops and stuff like that and was explaining <laughs> why it was art and explaining this. I just thought it was great. I also like that he he held off educating his brother about getting out of Ireland. It's something that he wanted, always wanted to do himself and obviously took him step by step through all of these bands and was so happy when he got on a boat and actually left but yeah. he didn't in, in any way was he saying look you need to you need to get out or you're going to be stuck like me it wasn't that kind of pressure or mm. just kind of like mentoring him without yeah, being direct exactly. kind of being that father figure that obviously yeah. isn't really apparent in their family it's a, it's that kind of championing that you need isn't it to be able to you know, your music's a bit crappy to start off with, but hey, I'm going to help you out mm-hmm. because you want to do it and let's make sure you're going to do it properly because yeah. I, I don't want to be associ- associated with you if it's, if it's crappy, stinky music. Yeah. I think he's, he's my favourite character in the, in the in the film, to be honest with you. And we have Aidan Gillen. As dad. As dad. Mm. Who doesn't like Aidan Gillen in anything? Well, you've not seen Game of Thrones, but obviously we're, we're both fans of The Wire. Yeah. He oh. has... I wasn't expecting him to turn up, actually. I was like, oh, little finger. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, Gillen is the best Gillen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think the, the main character we haven't spoken about is is the model. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take her or leave her. But I think she's, she's, she's quite one-dimensional in some ways. 
Yeah, she's she's got kind of like that kind of mm. backstory that's obviously not great, but yeah. But is she, <laughs> if, is she just meant to be because that's that's the you know dream of a of a sixteen year old with a of with a sixteen is going to be a model? Yeah, exactly, with a uh, half a personality. But I mean, obviously, she's been through a fair bit of trauma in her, in her life, and she's not living with in a traditional kind of family and, and yeah. she's got to be aspirational about something I guess it's sort of an inversion of what Connor has really because she I mean, she is very pretty and it seems like that's the only thing anyone's bothered to notice about her maybe mm. and the only thing people have commented about her and so that's all she is at the beginning like he sees her she's just a model that's how she introduces herself all this stuff and then the as she sort of gets to know Connor a little bit and sort of works with the band I mean you're right we still don't get to know that much about her but I think I don't know there's a sense of like when Connor speaks about her he speaks about who she is as though he's seen something that we haven't so Mm -hmm. I think maybe there's a sense that someone is at last taking her seriously or sort of Mm -hmm. yeah seeing more than just her very beautiful face (laughs) and the and when we're I guess when we're all at school there's always the girls I don't know you guys might you guys might be the girls that went out with the older boys from outside of school that had a car. So that, that always kind of makes me laugh when, when I saw them. Yeah. I don't think any of us were those girls. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been one or two. <laughs> it wasn't me. And she was really cool when with the filming and stuff like that. With the first video, she comes along and I says, mean, the, right, we need to sort this out. Yeah, we should sort of say, actually, she, you know, it's not... It's just that everything else in the film is, and every other performance feels a lot more kind of fleshed out and more confident, whereas... There's some bits where she's great and then there's some other bits which you probably would have gone, maybe we could have done another take of that and there might have been a bit more emotion behind it. She's maybe the sort of weakest link in what is kind of, you know, 110% from everyone else. Right. Which that's maybe, maybe someone in a film has to be the one that's not as bright and dazzling. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. But is there anything else, guys, you want to say before we go into popcorn time and, and talk about the scores? Um, I, I was watching. I don't know if anyone else have you seen Son of Rambo? Yes. That that kind of reminded me a little bit of this. I can see that. Yeah. From a film point, and just sort of thinking about film comparisons, and that's kind of got the same things going on. But also, like what you said, that there aren't really enough films that actually have quite a sweet story at heart and are not terribly overcomplicated mm. and can be optimistic whilst sort of telling a story that does have, you know some that many happy things going on so if you if you like this then that's one that i would also say you should check out as well so do you think i was i'm um, thinking too much about the music side of things i don't i don't i don't see it as being a musical as such i see it as being a film that has songs in it right. which is different mm-hmm. yeah I'd agree. would you say the commitments is a musical no because i i'd say things like chicago are musicals right because they're the songs in them are like show pieces that kind of tell the story as well whereas this is the songs are in it because it's it's a film about a band so i think it's two different things like you wouldn't say like maybe almost famous is a musical but there's songs in that that the band play right so yeah i wouldn't think this is a musical and also a lot of people don't like musicals so yeah so if you don't like musicals don't be put off by that it could be like a music it's not like a musical yeah it's not a La La Land, it's not a Les no. Mis. No. <laughs> it's a film that is about a band, so therefore has the band's songs in it. Okay. 
Well, let's head to popcorn time. Popcorn time. Yay. So thank you to Popcorn Shed. We should really ask people. You don't have any allergies, do you? No. <laughs> no. We should Fine. really ask this. Popcorn. but um... Yeah, because yeah, this has got pecans in it. So if you've got a nut allergy. Pecan pie. Oh, it's sticky. Oh, that's a, that's a big clump of popcorn. Let's see how you eat that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are it's we pop- really good. popcorn fans in general? Is mm. that your go-to cinema snack, or I'm a savoury? Yes. Well, salty. Yeah. So cinema snack, I tend to go dependent on um, state of hangover. I tend to go dirty hot dog. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Mm. The one that's been rolled around mm. in those rollers. Yeah, it's it. awful, isn't it? I don't know why I do it to myself, but um, <laughs> I find the availability of decent savoury snacks at cinemas lacking. Lacking. Yeah. Lacking for a pick and mix. Interesting. Yeah. It's so expensive though. I know. I know. Five sweets in there, that'll be twelve pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a popcorn fan. Do you guys listen to like Kermit and Mayo film show or anything like that? No, sometimes. Because like you have the you have the the cinematic code of conduct and popcorn's a massive no no yeah what no but it's, 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 a, isn't it? it's a nice hearty thing but it's, it's things like not having your mobile phone on and not taking your shoes off but yeah the food I know is... someone who takes their shoes off oh do you yeah they have stinky feet is it is your is I it was Reese? at the cinema last night and I was like what's the smell oh no, oh, no. I was like oh it's gone um again and then like i realized what he'd done i was like i can't believe you took your shoes off there's people other than me around here <laughs> so you'd agree so, apologies in... to the ritzy cinema last night <laughs> you were you were offended by a cheesy feet smell but you so that means you'd agree in 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 principle with the cinematic code of conduct yeah but i think you should be allowed to bring snacks yeah snacks it's just there uh, popcorn's pop- fine yeah i think the worst is when people try too hard to eat it really quietly but aren't good at it yeah so it just lasts <laughs> eight times as long <laughs> and there's no discernible lack of sound all righty let's get to the scores so do you guys know how the scores work i read it remind me <laughs> so it's out of five you can have points if you wish decimal places yeah, interesting cool. so generally recommendability kind of how likely should how, how much do you think someone should watch this film and then obviously repeat viewing small screen score is the one that's kind of gets a bit tricky so it's how well does it work really on the netflix arena so and also you can kind of think about what bonuses it might have had been in sort of seen in the cinema or whether it mm-hmm. works and watching it on yeah. a tv screen and engagement as well but we will start with the recommendability Indeed. yes i can guess jenny's score <laughs> i don't know what you mean <laughs> i put this at five. Oh wow i have already <laughs> why am i surprised <laughs> <laughs> i have already recommended this to most people i've come across i'd put it at pray 4.5 i'm sure i will recommend it I haven't yet but get on that i will yeah. Five. Five. Yeah. I'm gonna go for four, which is a good strong score for me, I think. Four's a good one. Four's good. And I think I should say I, that's quite high because I know everyone who's people who like it really like it. Mm-hmm. And I like it a lot, but just not as much as those other people. So I think that's my kind of reasons there. Pete viewing score. How many times have you seen this, Jenny? Uh, <laughs> less than ten. Less- <laughs> oh, okay. Less than ten, but more Nine. than eight. <laughs> Nine and a half. <laughs> Because I fell asleep once. Repeat being score, I'm going to go with four. Okay. 
why is it not why is it not five then considering you've seen you it you have to rein yourself in at some point don't right. you <laughs> <laughs> you did can't you, just did you watch this has it always been on a small screen yeah well, in fact, we'll, we'll get to that later actually in the next, next round of scoring but yeah certainly it's always been on a small you, don't, you didn't see it in the cinema when you nope. sort of Netflix started. only okay I repeat viewing I'm pretty sure I'll watch it again yeah I'm not going to watch it again in the next you know month or two so I'm going to give it a 3.75 you <laughs> shouldn't have told me there were decimals <laughs> that's fine I've gone I've gone to stupid numbers of decimal places 3.75 Helen I'm gonna to go to four but right. I'll come back to this film lots how many times have you seen it already I've only seen it once because I watched it quite recently okay anyway. so this twice yeah yeah I've seen it twice I saw it I so I'm the only person who saw it in the cinema I guess of those guys and that was on the recommendation of lots of critics that I like and it's a shame because it was just in the, in the cinema. It, the sound still wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. And I was hoping on, on second re- reviewing again, it would grab me a bit more, but it didn't. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go for a three because it's, it's worth definitely watching more than once, but I'm not sure the next time I'm going to watch it. Small screen score. Explain this one to me again. So small screen score is typically it has a high small screen score. If you if you think it's, it's perfect for watching on Netflix, i.e. Mm-hmm. on the TV, anything down to some people have watched, on, you know, on their phones and on, stuff. On the phones, yeah. And you think, or it would have a low small screen score if you think you really need to watch it in a cinema to get the most out of it. Okay. I can see how a big screen experience with this, I would have hoped that it would have a bigger impact yeah. with live songs and stuff. I don't feel like I've missed anything from just watching it on the telly, though. So I don't know, maybe a three? Three? Sounds like it might might want to go a bit higher there, but yeah. I mean, also when I think about scoring this, get very technical now. I also think about kind of what Netflix is to me, and it's also a little bit of getting to catch films that I might have missed on the cinema, mm-hmm. and revisiting things like that, or discovering like unknown films. So that's also what I think about. Eleanor, I'd give it a five for this. Actually, I I did watch um about. 20 minutes of it on my phone it's yeah. the first netflix thing i've ever downloaded onto my phone actually and it made for a very nice bus ride um, and i also think it's like a perfect one to like watch in bed or something yeah. like that so yeah I, I i agree with the the performance bits of it would be lovely in a cinema i bet but no i think it's really good who was it can you remember helen who was that had a concept of a napper film whereby oh it's guys from um the podcasting the guys in brighton and the what's the films from uh, the bitter end the bitter end guys they had a film that they called one of the guys had this concept of a napper where him and his wife would watch a film that would that, send them to sleep that at, at any point they'd be happy to fall asleep watching it but it wasn't it wouldn't be a film that they didn't like but it'd be one that they're happy to yeah, kind i've of, got a few of those yeah. i've got a few of those yeah, yeah. it's normally good. things like babe or <laughs> yeah. father of the bride is a yes, great napper so good <laughs> My, mine's the thin red line oh, really yeah. interesting <laughs> it's so dreamy <laughs> I mean, well, you're just like, desperate to go to sleep. Well, I used to, I used to put it on, like when I used to not be able to get to sleep. So I had it on video and just put it on. Um, obviously, not the war bits, but the um, <laughs> like the more dreamier bits where you know there's just kind of the the grass is kind of mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you say? Is it my turn? It is. Every, uh, yeah, it's your turn. Small screen score. I'm going to go five. All I right. think. I don't think. I mean, the, the the songs aren't polished enough to feel that you need to 
see it in a cinema and coming in at one hour and 46 minutes is a very strong length yeah and yeah if it wasn't on netflix then i probably would not have got around to seeing it so i think it's it's one of those ones that people who haven't seen it you may listen to this and it might become your favorite film yeah well i mean it's a lot of paper there's a lot of people's favorite films from last year so it's great that it's on netflix because like we said it did have a small limited cinematic release and mm-hmm. it's great I would say small screen score. Yeah, it works really well on small screen. I I, I think I'm actually going to give this a five for the small screen score because I don't think the songs, something we talk about sometimes with the small screen scores that we the sound benefit from the sound, a, a decent sound system. And as I've talked about, I didn't think the sound worked that well. So I don't think you needed the, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you needed the dog. The it's dog also got a little bit of a, because it's so 80s, it's got kind of like a little bit of a, made for watching on tv or maybe they just kind of thought no one's going to watch this at the cinema we're not going to get released so yeah. let's make it kind of tv friendly engagement score so how how much we engage whilst watching it are we checking wikipedia are we checking Sing the lyrics on. of the songs lyrics of the songs spotify playlist all of that no i'm going to go high on engagement i'm going to go five as this is this is why i've seen it so many times because once you start i i cannot stop Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, now I'm here for the next hour and a half. <laughs> so this is your Shawshank Redemption. You've been, this is your Shawshanked. Shawshanked? So short, are you wear the concept of being Shawshanked? No, I don't so, know whether I want to Google it or not. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds nasty, but it's completely not. So the concept, the concept of being Shawshanked is if you turn on the TV and Shawshank Redemption is on, at any point in the film, you have to, there's no way you can pull yourself away from it. Okay. So like yep. ET then. ET. You call it ET. Well, that's an example. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had nappers. Just any and song Shawshanks. you want to watch till the end. I think Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park. <laughs> 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 yes, I'm sure shanked. You get sure shanked. Sure shanked. Eleanor. I'm going to go high because I nearly missed my bus stop. But not five, because I also did do some tidying through the, the last bit of the film. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Light film tidying. Yeah. It was pretty light. My room is still messy. Helen. I'm going to give it 4.5, not full marks. Because, I don't know, I think maybe the more times you watch it, the less engaged you'll be. And you'll kind of like go in for your favorite bits. And um, you don't need 100%. But the first time you'll watch it, it'll just be like this joyous breeze. And you won't even notice that you've watched it all. Cool. I'm going to give 2.5 here. Ooh. Ooh. Middle of the road. And it's because of the songs. I just wasn't, second time around, I just wasn't really interested in the songs. Apart from the one in, in the, where he has that daydream sequence where he's imagining playing like the enchantment under the sea kind of dance. And you have the, the priest Let's in the back. Let's go back flips. to the future reference. So can you not? No. Yeah, 2.5. That's where I'm just going to stand. Ooh. But it gives us a strong score, though. We get an overall score of 4.2. That's pretty strong, actually. Yeah. That's going to be one of the highest. Yeah, yeah, one of the highest scores we've got there. So let's go to our Twitter peoples and find out what they said about Sing Street. I just need to find the tweets. So we asked the guys on Twitter. Hey, guys, we're reviewing Sing Street. Have you seen it? If so, give us your five-star rating, a short review, and ask people to retweet. Dave Hudson. I am Dave Hudson, who's a former member of this pod. He came on to talk about Pulp Fiction. He said, 10 out of 5 would recommend to the world. <laughs> yeah. 
didn't understand the concept of five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's pick show a go-go, my top movie of 2016. So that's something I said before. All the stars for this one. Death by Film Pod says, a surprisingly fun and honest movie with great music. Four stars. And Fernby Films, at Fernby, says, fun, melancholy, bittersweet, songs are terrific. Eight out of ten stars. So that's four out of five stars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody doing their star math. Struggling with stars. (laughs) Struggling with stars here, Dave and Fernby. But yeah, that's... I think that's pretty reflective. um, Of what we've said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, real... I think it's a real treat. And um, yeah, had I missed this completely, I'd be really sad. Oh, because it's it's it is such a lovely film, and I know you haven't really got down with the songs, but I do really like the songs. No, I'm super glad I watched it. Yeah, good. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's that's all kudos to Jenny. Full then, credit for yeah. this. Yep. And this is like you can hope that you're affecting more and more people, not affecting, influencing more and more Puts people. Puts up my recommendability score. <laughs> yes, like, yes like, it does. <laughs> loads. Can I change that? Can I go back and say <laughs> well, I've just recommended it to no, all you of put, your listeners? Well, you gave it a five out of five. five. Oh, you can't so go any the, higher. That's the maximum. Regardless of what Twitter decided. <laughs> Out of five, guys. Strict star math. <laughs> so I think, yeah, that's a great point to finish, guys. Thank you so much. Can you sound us off? Where can we find you on the Twitter and the, and the internet? So and, yeah. Our Twitter handle is at story, etc. pod. Yeah. And our website is story, etc. pod.com. And you can listen to our podcast through the website or on iTunes or Stitcher or your podcast provider of choice. Right, you said it before. I haven't. She hasn't actually, I don't think. I haven't. I was was very impressed by that. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I think you've covered everywhere we are on that. And if you guys have personal Twitter accounts, then of course. Uh, I'm at at Welly (laughs) Beaner. Welly Beaner likes the jelly beans. You do that on purpose? No, uh, it's my childhood nickname. <laughs> okay. Welly Beaner. She just told everyone. <laughs> All the millions of people that listen to this now know what your childhood nickname was. Yeah. And your Twitter account. So oh, my Twitter account. You get some more followers. <laughs> and mine's uh, Jenny Red Redmond. Yeah. Boring. No, not at all. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for, Thanks for having yeah. us. Cheers for choosing. Bye. 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 Hey, hope you enjoyed that episode. Please do check, scroll down the list and find out all the show notes and click on the links to find uh, lovely, lovely people on their Facebook and the Twitter and their website because, you know, they'd love to hear from you and love to hear that you found them from listening to Flixwatcher. Thank you very much to our editors as always. Toby is the main guy who, who helms and carves our voices and also hello to Tony, Jay and Greg and everyone else at GL Productions who we haven't met yet. Of course, please big up Mighty People for the tunes you can hear now and at the start of the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at Flixwatcher Pod and visit our website, flixwatcher.tv. 